So welcome to the Quality of Mind Transforming Business podcast. This is where we explore the new game-changing understanding that can unlock new levels of performance, resourcefulness, and well-being in the workplace. Join us if you want to be part of the new breed of leaders in business. Join us if you're fed up with the conventional echo chamber. And join us if you want to be part of the new revolution in understanding how the mind works and recognize that we are more than just our psychology and that that can lead to better results. So welcome to the Quality of Mind Transforming Business podcast. And in today's episode, I've got another great guest. Um, This guest is actually a, a bit of a mate of mine and we've known each other for quite a few years now because we do similar work. Um, his name's uh, Stephen Derisborough, and he works as a performance coach, mainly focusing on professionals in the financial world in the city of London. So welcome to the show, Steve. Morning, Piers. Thank you for uh, inviting me on. Well, absolute pleasure. We mean to do this for a while, um, but we've got around to it now, which is great. So to start off with, can you give listeners just uh, two or three minutes on your background and how come you've got to be doing the work that you're doing now? Of course. Um, I used to be a a, a financial futures trader on the London International Financial Futures Exchange. Um, I started off in the city as a a runner, sort of T-boy at 16, um, progressed onto the stock exchange and then onto the life floor. Um, Always been interested in in us, in, in human beings, in how we are and who we are and kind of without really anything more than that. It was just a general interest. Um, around about 2000, the floor was closed down and it went computerized. And so a lot of people went and traded the, uh, traded the markets on the screens. I did. I didn't particularly enjoy it. I wasn't particularly good at it. Um, but on the side, I was studying hypnotherapy and then that kind of led me on to looking at maybe some coaching courses, NLP. And it was a, a time then, Piers, when I just thought, I want to do something different and I want to give this a go. I want to see if there's a career in myself coaching traders. That was really all I had to go on. So I, um, I thought I'd give it a go. I thought I'd give myself six months and see if there was something there. And that was 11 years ago. So I'm very fortunate to do something I'm so passionate about. Now, you're a bit like me. You know, when we first got into coaching and performance, we were looking at a particular way of doing it through kind of conventional coaching, maybe some, you say, some hypnotherapy, some NLP, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then you came across the understanding, which for this podcast I call the principles behind quality of mind. So what was your, how did you come across that? And how then did that lead you to doing your, all your work just from that understanding? What was it that you saw about that that made the difference? Well, it's a great question, and I'd love to give you a definitive answer, but there, there really isn't one. It was, it was, I was a real slow burner into this, and let me just explain what I mean. So I was on, a, um, I was on an NLP course, and the guy who was one of the world's sort of more famous trainers of this said, I'm not doing this anymore. I've I've been introduced to a new understanding and this is what I'm going to do. And that, that pricked my ears. I thought, well, 
you know, if you're that good at something, but now you're going into something else, I want to know about that. And um, in my innocence, I brought a lot of, right, how are they going to do it? What's going on? How do I learn it? How can I get better at it? Um, how can I improve? How is this going to affect me? I just brought a lot to the table. And uh, subsequently, I, um, it took a long while for this to kind of seep into my understanding. So I can't really give you what it was that made sense to me because I don't know. It was just something. Mm. Um, it was just a sense that I need to know more about this. That was kind of all I, it was like, um, I need to go on holiday. I don't know whereabouts. I just need to go on holiday. And that was kind of where it was with this. I just thought this is, this is offering me something. I don't quite know what it is. I don't know how it's going to affect me, but I was drawn to it. Mm. And what is it, how come now, once you have seen what you've seen, how come now it's the only conversation you really have with your clients? Well, what, what is it about this conversation that is such a game changer compared to what, you know, you and I were both doing in the past? Well, that's a great question. I think what came to my mind as you was asking that was the simplicity, Piers. Um, so much in business now, there seems to be a focus on, not necessarily a focus on complexity, but complexity certainly seems to be um, featured a lot with people. Uh, and that often brings um, a distracted, busy mind. So I started to see over quite a period of time how, in my innocence, I was getting in my own way. So really what I'm helping people to see is that there's an invisible variable that once you start having a conversation and looking in that direction, it's very easy to get sort of touched and moved by something that is really quite simple and yet hugely profound. Now, you work with people who, you know, I would call kind of no-nonsense, commercially focused people. I mean, that they work in the financial services industry, a lot of them, or they're professionals, that they're not going to waste time messing around with navel gazing or something that moves them or, you know, that they're not into that, right? So, so mm -hmm. what is it that they're getting out of working with you that is different to what, you know, a, a, a normal, if there's just a thing, performance coach might be giving them? Well, I think initially what drew people to having conversations with me was that I used to be a trader and I worked primarily with traders. So in their mindset, it was, well, this guy knows what's going on. He knows what's going mm. on for me. Now, you and I know that that's not necessarily true. Um, but initially for me, that helped. Now, from there, what is it that really helps people to see is that I suppose when I'm just reflecting back, I, I got so used to in how I thought life worked. And when I'm in life, I mean, obviously, that included business in that. And it, it can be quite itchy and tough for people to be open to these conversations because of the same beliefs that I had. Um, and so when people, when people are open... And it's that whole cliche, but when people are ready, 
Mm-hmm. They will sit down and they will have that conversation. And really, that's what it is, Piers. It's nothing more than a conversation. And these conversations go in all sorts of directions, but fundamentally, it's always pointing to the same thing. Now, there's two questions I want to ask. One is, uh, and you choose which order you answer these, uh, Steve. One is, what are you pointing to? And secondly, what kind of benefits in, in a sort of tangible way do they get and experience as a result of these conversations? Well, they get from these conversations, they get the opportunity to slow down. Now, if I was listening to this, I'd think, and. <laughs> yeah, you so know, what? Yeah. Please give me something that's helpful. You know, I can get that on holiday. I didn't see the enormity of what presents itself, what, what, what replaces the noise in that vacuum, and what people generally start to see is um, there's a whole host of fresh, creative thinking that um, allows them to perform at a higher level. So that was, I think, the answer to your second question. And your first question was... Well, I'm just going to ask you a bit more about the second one before. Yeah, please. Now, does that mean that they feel better about their work or they actually do better? I mean, does it, is there a kind of like a, uh, you know, I don't know how they track their performance, but I'm assuming it's tracked because it's quite a measurable thing. Do they actually find that actually they, not only it's just, it's not just nicer to go to work, they're actually doing better? Well, I think there's there's a, an expression which is, you know, when we feel better, we do better. Mm. So, you know, I'm not saying to people, right, well, let's get you feeling better. Generally, my clients aren't too interested in that. They don't see yeah. that as a relevant, <laughs> relevant thing. But it is. But what they'll do is they'll start to see that not only do they feel better about their work and what they're up against, but they will start to perform at a, um, a higher level. And the fascinating thing is, is that that's not by trying harder. Mm. Yeah. So they're getting more, they're getting more from less. Absolutely. Less wear and tear on the system too. Yeah. Mm. So they mm. feel better, they do better, they get more from less, they, they have this, this space where they feel... I guess where things are a little slower, which is nicer, but that's also helping them in their work. Okay. And then my other question was, you said that, you know, we're having a conversation and when they're open, you know, you're pointing into something and and the conversation goes in different ways, but you're always ending up pointing back towards the same thing. And and I know it's a little bit tricky question, but you know, if you get a nutshell, what that thing is, it's always pointing back to, what's it always pointing back to? Wow. Um, in right now, what it's pointing back to to me is that they are more than what they think they are. Mm. They have more available to them than what they think they do. So there's greater possibility. It's kind of, um, you know, I'm sat in my lounge and dining room, but what would happen if there was no walls to this? There would be more open and possibility. And so that's kind of how we are in, how I see it in our minds is that it's very easy for us to create these walls around us with our beliefs and who we think we are. 
and how we think life is. And again, I would have done the same and said, well, yeah, of course, and there's a reason for that, and that's the reason why I do that. I didn't see the, the restriction um, in performance and well-being, of course, with, um, with how I was looking at things. Mm. So people are more than what they think they are. And, <clears throat> I mean, that's a, it's a lovely... Um, I mean, it's very hopeful for people to see that. Mm, very much so. I think one of the things that occurs to me is that in my old coaching days, I would believe that. I would think that's a useful belief for someone to have, to go through the world thinking, hey, you're more than what you think you are. You know, I used to like have it as a, well, ha- have this idea that mm-hmm. you are more than what you think. And I think one of the differences for me, and love to get your view on this, is I, I don't really just believe that anymore. I just see that. Yeah. I, I, I see that without our personal thinking, uh, creating the walls, the illusionary walls that it does, of course we are more than what we see we are, right? You know, it, it, we're not even us, so we're, we're bound to be. So it's, so it's not like a, a belief I try and instill in people now in my work. It's something I just point them to see for themselves insightfully um, rather than kind of like, well, you should think this about yourself because it's a better idea. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, you're right, you touched on that, that that's not, I would have pointed people to that. I would have said that to them. I'd have wanted them to believe that. But you, you're right, it's when, when we insightfully see that to be true. Um, yeah, that's, that's the kind of lubricant for change is, is, is pointing people and for them to see it themselves. Um, I would often tell people, <laughs> and uh, that doesn't go down so well. And it yeah. was for me, that's what it was again for me was, you know, I had a lot of thinking about my thinking. And so I was kind of, you know, bringing the walls in on the lounge and all of a sudden it's like it was a lot smaller. Um, so, yeah, that's, again, one of the real core pointers, and we keep using this word pointing, is that, you know, we've got this beautiful gift of, of, um, of realisation. Mm. Um, it's nothing new. It's something that's uh, been our friend and buddy for many, many years, but it's never really been pointed out to us, and it certainly wasn't to me. And to see that we are insightful creatures and we have you know, realization built into us, and to start being able to access that, see that, and see, the, again, the real, that that is the real lubricant for change. And there's nothing to do. It's just kind of um, get curious around that. Have fun around it. I remember um, I was talking to someone recently. It's when I started to see more and more, you know, this beautiful creative process that we have for experience in life and business and everything that goes with that. And, you know, actively inviting people to play around with that creativity. It's like played over the mind, you know, mm. create, see what's going on. And um, then there's kind of, rather than this distance, there's more of this connection and more of an understanding of really, really what's going on. And I suppose how we can then use it to our benefit, mm. which isn't, which isn't, uh, I think I know what, my, what I mean by that. And I think you do. Well, I think, you know, to, to me, and I want to talk about realization in a little more in a moment, but I think 
one of the interesting things about our work is that if you start trying to fix yourself or use this understanding for your own gain, it kind of gets in the way, right? So, so, the par- so the paradox or the irony of our work is if we have clients that say, hey, I want to be better at this, better at this, I want less of that, more of that. And they listen to what we say, trying to work out from what we're saying, how it's going to help them be better at this, less at this, more of that. Actually, that gets in the way. Yeah. Right? Because what we're pointing to is the nature of how the mind functions. And, and the mind in its entirety, we don't mean brain here, we mean the whole psycho-spiritual system, right? And when you listen to that, trying to listen to, or how is, how is it going to help me? If you do that too early in the conversation, it kind of gets in the way, right? Yeah. So that's why, you know, there's needs to be an opened, openness to it. And once people do, how that helps them in life becomes obvious. But if you do that bit too early, it kind of gets in the way. But yeah. there's a lovely thing you said about realization that I just want to pick up on. In, in the, we are designed for realization, but we never knew, right? Yeah. And for some reason, you know, it wasn't until I was 35 years old, 10 years ago, that I really started to see, oh, right? That is how it works. You know, and, I, and it, uh, you and I, it took us a little while to see it, but <laughs> the only way change can happen is through realization. And, and, and when we talk about realization, there, what, the way I would describe that is when one set of thinking, visible and invisible thinking, one mindset drops and a new one arises, right? And it's the, our innate capacity for that to happen. And you'll see it in little kiddies all the time. They're having a realization. There's an obviousness to when they see something new. There's no effort. It comes with its own clarity and feeling of, oh, yeah, right? And that's always been happening, as you said. It's always been there. But we innocently, in our conditioned adult worlds, run psychological interference on that, right? We don't realize we do, but we run psychological interference on that by innocently, invisibly not understanding how the mind works. Once we understand how the mind works, we increase the fertility for our own realization. We increase our capacity for realization. And that brings all the things that we're talking about with it. And it's, <laughs> it's that simple, right? You, you said it earlier, you know, but it's not always easy. So if we say this is very simple, what we're talking to, but it's not always easy, what, what would you say makes it hard for people to see it? Because it's simple, but not easy. What would you say on that? Well, I can, you know, at the time when I really was struggling to catch hold of this, it was so frustrating for me. I really wanted to get this. I really wanted to understand what these guys were talking about. Um, and again, I don't know how or why, but I knew that this was, this was what, what I wanted to do. And, but I had, no, I had no landscape of understanding for it. So as much as it was frustrating for me, in reflection, it was very helpful that I did get that lost because yeah. it really is helpful for me to see how simple, innocently, and as to why, you know, I did and many other people do. And it's, we're, we're trying to, um, you know, I'm playing badminton later today, but you kind of wouldn't, 
you wouldn't improve badminton by honing your football skills because they're different. And yet I was mm. trying to, um, I was trying to learn and understand this, get a better feel for it, go in a direction with whatever that meant at the time. I had no idea by bringing how I'd learned everything else. Uh, Say say a little bit more about that because I think that's so crucial that we try and learn this like we've learned everything else at school or whatever in work. So just say a bit more about that. Um, It kind of was the only way, Pierce. It was all I knew or it's all I appeared to know. Well, Mm. this this is what I need to do. This is how... You know, the map has been set out for me with pretty much how I've lived my life to now. Well, obviously, this is what I now need to do. These are the shoes I need to wear for this journey. But it wasn't. Mm. And it kind of took me a long while to um, get out of my own way. Mm. And that really allowed me to listen in a completely different way to what was being shared. And that was so helpful because... I started hearing and listening to my mentors, teachers, friends, colleagues, etc., rather than listening to the noise in my head. That was, you know, that was a big thing for me. And, and that, that, you know, just that point is so crucial. And I've experienced that. And, and I would say to listeners now, right, do a little experiment, right? Whether it's with this podcast or whatever it is, listen to it like you normally would listen to it. You know, well, probably, I'm going to guess, generalizing, apologies if this is wrong, while you're slightly distracted, you're doing a few different things, you've got it on the background in case anything interesting pops out, you know, and, you, and, you, and you're slightly evaluating, researching it compared to what you know already with, with the noise in your head, right? Now, another way of listening is to listen without anything on your mind, to, to listen, to genuinely explore what is behind these words, not compare it to what you know, and, and, and listen to explore rather than listen to evaluate or research. And that shift, for me, was crucial in, I think, a bit like what you're saying, Steve, in, in, in helping you see this, in, in just the space you listen from had to be different. But yeah. the thing is, in school and work, we're taught to listen with our analytical, conceptual, evaluative minds. And we think we should listen to this in the same way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and even what you said then, that would have that would have sent me into a spin. Well, what do you mean, listen to research? You know, I mean, I don't know. Um, so, you know, just for the listeners, and again from me, is is don't give yourself a hard time about it. You know, the, if this was a buffet, you don't have to every have every item that's on the buffet. If it's just a sandwich that you like, just take that. But you know, again from me, I was trying to I was trying to get it all. Mm. Well, that's, that's, I tell you what, that's a great point because the funny thing about this is we're not providing the food, right? So saying the metaphor of the buffet for a moment, because <laughs> yeah. a lot of people think, oh, you guys know what you're talking about. The people writing the books know what they're talking about. We need to listen to you and get what you're saying and then, hey, presto, right? Actually, what we're saying is no. We're, we're pointing you to find your own buffet. And it might be a completely different one to the one we've laid on, our words, our, our yeah. thoughts and beliefs. You've got your own buffet, always on tap, 
mixing my metaphors. I don't think you know buffet on tap. You know what I mean, right? <laughs> you, you've got an infinite kitchen um, via realization that we talked about before. So it's on your side of the fence what you need to see. It's not you don't get it from us. I guess our role as coaches in this is trying in the only way we know best in the moment to help you get out of your own way to see that you've got all that. Yeah. And that's, and that's you know, one of the beautiful challenges. It's a, it's a beautiful challenge. Because um, there is that kind of moment when you can just see something in, in, the, in, in the team you're working with or the individual you're working with where something just kind of clicks. Mm. It's just that, mm, that, that moment. And, and for me, that's kind of such a, um, a pivotal point, or it can be, is because you start to play around with that. What's going on there? Mm. What's happening for you there? What do you make of that? And, you know, even people can do that themselves. Is You know, get back to, as I said, the Play-Doh. Start playing around with this beautiful gift of your mind and how it works and and just start to see, you know, how easy it is for you to get lost and go off track and and to see how real and how fixed that looks and then 10 minutes later to see, actually, I don't don't feel the same. I just feel more relaxed or that I'm not as worried or stressed as I was. That's interesting. Just be open to playing around with it. That's a really good point. So, so let's just make that a bit more practical for a moment because um, I'm glad you mentioned that. So let's assume you're, you're in a team meeting or something um, or you're having a one-to-one with, with, with a colleague or a customer or whatever, right? And sometimes there's just something in that conversation in the room, we might call it, where it really kind of, you feel connected, you get a sense of alignment, of clarity, of seeing something new. Um, you, you feel like there's a nice sense of connection between the people in the room. There's some, maybe, maybe a bit of breakthrough thinking comes through, right? You're like, oh, that's what we could do. Now, what we're saying is, and that can move the business on, right? Really can what we're saying is that's not luck, right? That, 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 that is not luck that that happens. That is because in that moment, the mind's apertures of the people in the room have, 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 have created that, right? Now, what we're pointing to in our work is how you get a better understanding of the mechanics behind that. I, we don't mean the tools and techniques of behind that, but the mechanics of the pre-existing operating system of the mind that helps that, which demystifies that, which once you see it insightfully means you can have that more consistently, right? Yeah. It doesn't mean you have it all the time, 100% whenever you want it and you press the button on the app and get it. But once you understand it, you fall in alignment of the pre-existing principles and you have it more consistently. And, and as, as you said, that can happen at a group level, that can happen on your own. So we're almost demystifying how come those, there are moments when you feel really in the flow, really in the zone, you know, in your work? And demystifying that, because it's hiding in plain sight, really. And as a result of that, you'll reduce your own psychological interference to that and you'll become more online with that. And, and, and that's the, at one level, the ordinariness and the miraculousness of what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, you, you explained it very well then. Absolutely. So, times are ticking with these podcasts as it always does. If we were to sort of, Steve, if you were to sort of 
leave people with a minute or two of, look, if you haven't heard anything in the last 20 minutes, you know, <laughs> just listen to this bit. Um, what, would you, what would you say? Yeah, what comes to my mind is, well, what have you got to lose? Mm. Where's the downside? Where's the downside of, of having a coffee, having a conversation? You know, you're in business. So business primarily look at ups, upside and downside. That's a limited downside for a potentially enormous upside. I love the way you put that into risk terms. That's, that's great because I hadn't really thought about it like that because if, if you're a trader in the city or whatever, you're doing with risk all the time, aren't you? Isn't that what you do? Isn't that like you go, what's the up, what's the down? And what you're saying is this could be the best deal you've ever made, sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because as you say, the downside is, well, I, I spend an hour or an hour and a half having a coffee with one of these blokes. Uh, and let's assume it'd be a nice conversation. And the upside is I, I hear something that could be a game changer. Yeah. Now, would you it, go for that trade? Is, is that what we're saying? Would you go for that? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I love that. That's a very simple way of putting it, isn't it? <laughs> What's the downside? Mm. So, you know, whenever I do these, these conversations, I think, God, there's so much we could talk about. But I think what we're trying to do is give people a feel for this. And without them trying to overthink it, I would invite people to say, well, has something resonated? Even if you don't know what it was, you know, is there something that we've been rambling on about for the last few minutes that you think, ah, what is that? I want to know a little bit more. So the idea behind these podcasts is to get you a little bit tempted, maybe then listen to some other ones, drop myself or Steve a, a line. I'll put his details in the show notes. Um, and just see, just see what happens if you allow that little twinkle in your eye of listening to this to, to go somewhere. And um, all we'd say is sort of stay curious um, and have fun with it. Uh, any last words from you, Steve? Um, no, it's, it's been a real pleasure, Piers. Obviously, anything, um, anytime you'd like to do something like, like this, it'd be a pleasure. Um, anybody who'd like a conversation you know, with you or I, that would also be great. I think, you know, I can speak for both of us. Is we just love having conversations around this. It's, it's nothing scientific. We're not reinventing the world. It's in my mind at the beginning, it's certainly, I was trying to do that. Um, he said it, stay curious, mm. you know, be, be open. Um, and maybe, just maybe, there is something going on that we haven't quite seen yet that if and when we do could make a, a huge difference to all areas of our life. Lovely. I think that's a, that's a really nice place to leave it. That this, this, this thing that's just sort of hiding in plain sight and when we see it, it, it can be the game changer. So, um, Steve, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate you coming on and uh, sharing your wisdom with us. And um, yeah, catch you soon. Cheers, Piers. Bye-bye. Good day. Bye. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please reach out and leave us a review and a comment. If you want more info, check out makingchangework.co.uk or Piers Thurston on LinkedIn.